1: Last week, we spoke about forgiveness. We looked at the Hebrew Scriptures, and today, we'll focus on the New Covenant. Now, forgiveness is a key to being close to God and having a meaningful time of praying and fasting. And if you're fasting during the month of Elul, the fast ends the evening of Rosh Hashanah next Friday, September 15th. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. We love you and praise you, and we thank you for this season, this time where we are to come closer to you because of your holy days. Lord, we just ask in the name of Yeshua for your power to be made known in our hearts so that we can truly be your disciples. Lord, pour out your Spirit, anoint us. Anoint us in the name of Yeshua. And I pray that this program would touch hearts, as this is such an important area. So Lord, help us to forgive. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. If you're going to invite someone to our Holy Day services, which start Friday and Saturday of this coming week, uh, we have tickets. You can give them, of course. There's no cost. Uh, We also have calendars for the fall feast, which we can email to you or we can uh, send snail mail to you. Uh, Let us know how many tickets you want uh, to give out. Please visit our website, shureshdavid.org, and then come and visit us either on a Friday or a Saturday. We have four locations, so check the website for times. And locations. Look, we love visitors. We love families. Bring the kids. We just want to worship the Lord together with you. So join us. If you have any questions, call our office at 813-831-5673. And consider us uh, for a gift at this time of the year, Uh, It would help us with our monthly radio costs, so we would certainly appreciate it. Again, call our office at 813-831-5673, or go to the ministry website, heartofmessiah.org. All right. Now, forgiveness is key to coming before the Lord and receiving his anointing and his power the power of His Spirit. It also is critical as we earnestly seek God during these all-holy days. No one finds forgiveness easy, right? Yet, it's one of the most important behaviors that we need in order to live successfully for the Lord. It also provides a tremendous amount of joy for our lives. Now, since Scripture is... uh, it, the revelation of it is progressive the hebrew scripture teaching on forgiveness gives us that foundation to rest on but forgiveness is uh, taught strongly in the new covenant and it is god's area it's only because god is is the god who's willing to forgive that forgiveness even between people is possible or desirable so We understand that forgiveness is fully developed in the New Covenant, and so let us put these two together. Today we will talk on the New Covenant concerning forgiveness. This is most obvious in the sacrificial regulations and then fulfillment by God and Yeshua, right? This opened up a whole new relationship with God and with one another. This fulfillment of the sacrificial system, without which there would be no forgiveness in the death of Messiah, reminds us above all that forgiveness is costly for the forgiver. The concept of sacrifice implies cost. The cost was greatly increased when Yeshua was sacrificed rather than a perfect lamb. As we transition to the New Covenant, let's summarize again what we looked at last week in the Hebrew Scriptures. First of all, sin against God, only God can forgive. Sins against man, if possible, we're called to overlook. God is a God who forgives in order that we can come closer to him. God's desire is for us to be holy, for he's holy. And part of that holiness is to have a spirit of forgiveness. The Hebrew Scriptures present to us amazing understanding of a God who is a God of love, a God of mercy and grace, a God who will even forgive our great sins and our wickedness. Now, Scripture emphasizes that forgiveness is extremely important, yet many believers wrestle with unforgiveness which hampers their relationship with the Lord the act of forgiving does not come easy for most of us right but our natural instinct is to recoil in self-protection when we've been injured we don't naturally overflow with mercy grace and understanding when we've been wronged or hurt however it's evident how that the seriousness is evident when, when, when we look at the scriptures. So let's start with Matthew 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who went before you. And then we go down to verse 44, and it says this, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Wow. So in order to be children of our Father, we have to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute. This is the spirit of forgiveness. But God is much more direct, and we see this in Matthew six twelve. It says, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. And then in verse 14, for if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. It's hard to be more direct than that, right? However, we still see believers rationalizing their unforgiveness They have a reason for it, and the reason seems to be more important than what the Bible says. Forgiveness is a choice, and it is one of our characteristics that reflect our love. How can we say we love if we don't forgive? Think about those you haven't forgiven. You can blame them, but that is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice by you and it doesn't require the one who hurts you to repent this makes no sense to our mind but let's see why i draw this conclusion out of scripture so we start with colossians 3:12 therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourself in tender compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord pardoned you, so also you must pardon others. Well, that doesn't it say it right there? Okay. but But above all, these things put on love, which is the bond of perfect harmony. How has the Lord pardoned you? We know, right? Before we even asked for forgiveness, he pardoned us by sending Yeshua. He gave us the ability to be forgiven while we were yet sinners, right? So is there a way you can rationalize these verses and not forgive someone? To not forgive someone is to really not obey God. How do we forgive if we feel uncomfortable about it and know the person doesn't deserve our forgiveness? Okay, so listen to this as a thought. We do this by faith. Just the same way we do everything in our lives as we serve the Lord. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if they're hoped for, that means that the person who you're trying to forgive, you're hoping that they will be redeemed and restored. And so the evidence of the realities are not seen yet. And that's what Hebrews 11 one says. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of reality is not seen. So we have to see people through the lens of God. We see them redeemed, for we are not. To judge. Are we? Right? Should we judge? Some of you right now are saying, but my heart isn't in it. Have faith that God will grow your heart. Your job is to be obedient first, and your heart will follow. Philippians 1 6 says, I'm sure of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Messiah Yeshua. How do you know when you have truly forgiven? Great question. When you release the person who wronged you, you're cutting out, in a sense, a malignant tumor from your spiritual life. You're setting the prisoner free, and the prisoner happens to be you. But consider Isaiah 61, which we've read a number of times on this program. You might not have ever thought of it in this context, the Ruach of Adonai Elohim is on me because Adonai has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor and the day of our God's vengeance. Our job is to set people free, including ourselves, with the good news. And God's job is the punishment, the vengeance. It costs us very little to forgive. The benefit we receive by forgiving is receiving freedom so that people uh, don't have free rent in our heads, space in our minds, right? When we forgive the Lord, he sets our hearts free from the resentment and the hurt that previously imprisoned us. This is not only hard for you to get deep into your spirit, but it was hard for Peter too. In Matthew 18:21, then Peter came to him and said, "Master, how often shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to 7 times?" And you know, I'm sure at that point Peter's thinking 7 times is really a lot. So I'm I'm showing a lot of grace here. And Yeshua said to him, "No, Not up to seven times, I tell you, but 70 times seven. Okay, that really puts us on notice. And this is why we need to forgive. The concept is simple. The application seems to hurt our common sense of judgment. However, again, Yeshua set us straight. He sets the bar high. In Luke 6:35, he says, "Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of Elion, or sons of the God Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and evil ones. Be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate to you." And then is a very interesting portion of Scripture as we continue in verse 37: "Do not judge." and you will not be judged do not condemn and you will not be condemned pardon and you will be pardoned give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together overflowing will be given into your lap for whatever you measure about uh whatever you measure out will be measured back to you now notice this verse is normally prayed or talked about or used in reference to finances. But if you take this verse in context, it's really talking about forgiveness. And so whatever you measure, whatever you forgive, you measure out, will be measured back to you. God says this in so many ways. When we forgive, we will be forgiven. God continues to inundate the Bible reader with the concept of forgiveness. As we look in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 11, verse 25, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your transgressions. Now, I might not have mentioned your favorite scripture about forgiveness yet, but there's so many, (laughs) you know? And uh, we see this in the fact that we are not, God's not going to hear us if we don't forgive. That's my interpretation. It's based on Isaiah 59 2, which says, rather, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Consider the fact that you might still have unforgiveness in your heart. There's good news. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. We also see this concept in the Hebrew Scriptures. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous one his thoughts. Let him return to Adonai so he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. As unfair as it may seem to you, God deals with you about your sin. The person you have a problem with, you have to have by faith that God will deal with them in the right time and the right place. So let's go back to some basics. When you forgive, you dismiss the debt that is owed. And when you grant forgiveness, you dismiss the debt from your thoughts. Forgiveness is extended, even if it is never earned. Forgiveness is extended to the wrongdoer, even if they have not repented. Now, um, there's a great book about forgiveness that I'd love to recommend to you, Total Forgiveness. And it's written by R.T. Kendall, a pastor in South uh, Florida. And I... Uh, let me give you the things that he says about forgiveness. And if you can do number one, you can do all of them. A deliberate and irrevocable choice not to tell anyone what they did. If you discuss, if your discussion is not intended to lead to a rem- remedy, don't speak about it. Wow. Two, be pleasant around them. Three, in conversation, say something that will free them from their guilt. Four, you desire them to feel good about themselves. Protect, five, protect them from their fear, like you talking about what they did. Six, total forgiveness requires lifelong commitment. And seven, pray for them. Another way of looking at forgiveness is just looking at it from the Mayo Clinic. You're all familiar with the Mayo Clinic about why we should forgive. Gives eight reasons. Number one, healthier relationships. Number two, greater spiritual and psychological well-being. Number three, less anxiety, stress, and hostility. Four, lower blood pressure. Five, fewer symptoms of depression. Six, stronger immune system. Seven, improved heart health. Eight, higher self-esteem. How do I reach a state of forgiveness? Well, forgiveness is a commitment to a process of change. To begin, you want to consider the value of forgiveness and its importance in your life. And then you want to reflect on the facts of the situation, how you reacted, and make sure you didn't sin in the process. Three, you consider how this situation has affected your life, your health, and your well-being. Four, actively choose to forgive the person who has offended you. And five, move away from your role as a victim and release the control and power the offending person and situation has had in your life. So what this means is you let go of grudges. They no longer define your life by how you've been hurt. You no longer define your life as to how you've been hurt. You might even find compassion and understanding. Because, well, there's this great quote by a rabbi from Israel, a Messianic rabbi. His name is Ofer Amitai, And he says, if you become a sacrifice, you will never be a victim. It's crazy now. Everybody in our culture is a victim. Everybody is blaming somebody. Everybody is feeling like they haven't been treated fairly. But this quote says, if you become a sacrifice, you will never be a victim. I love that. There's one other quote I want to mention. Abraham Joshua Heschel Heschel, Who's a rabbi not a messianic rabbi but he said this and i just think it's so true self-respect is the root of discipline the sense of dignity grows with your ability to say no to yourself and how this pertains it means that if you are allowing yourself not to forgive you're losing self-respect because there's a discipline in forgiveness and the sense of dignity grows with the ability to not please yourself but do the right thing. God is a God of love, mercy, and grace. We should be doing the same. We should be known the same way. God has forgiven us. We should do the same. We should be known by our forgiveness. Psalm 103, verse 8, Adonai is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and plentiful in mercy. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not treated us according to our sins or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, As a father has compassion on his children, so Adonai has compassion on those who fear him. So, I pray that you will really get a sense of forgiveness. And we'll talk about a new subject next week. But as we go into these holy days, please look and see who you are to forgive. If Remember, if you're going to invite somebody, we have a calendar. We have, uh, uh, we have uh, tickets. If you need them, please call us. If you want to see the calendar, you can see it on our website, shereshtavid.org. Please visit our website come Friday night, Saturday, especially for Russia Hashanah this next week. We have four locations. Find out times or check, again, uh, our calendar. is our office phone number. Consider sending us a gift at this time. Let's close with prayer. May the power of God's Word and His Spirit saturate you this day, and especially during this season of holy days, as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen.
0: You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel